Ryan, we're good. Yeah. All right. Eddie, great to see you. We're continuing our little uh, security uh, industry personalities. We got we got another guest with us today. And yeah, we're in person, been a great obviously. Week, uh... Does yeah. he have multiple personalities? Yeah, yeah. Well, well it can be a three-parter if we need it to. It can so be. We can. It can be. We'll break it up into three segments, obviously. And this could be part one. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> Joining us today, the CEO of ASIS International, already cracking up, Peter O'Neill. Thanks for, thanks for joining us You're on welcome. Security North South. You're very welcome. Yeah. What do we start with, Eddie? Well, one of the things that we always talk to our guests about is uh, hashtag my security story. And we know you have a unique entryway into the security <laughs> industry. But so let's start there. How did Peter O'Neill get involved in the security industry? Yeah, so I came to you guys in 2016 after a search that you all did for a new CEO role. But not a lot of people know that my father for decades was the was a um, Detective in the Bureau of Criminal Investigation in New York State. We grew up in, I grew up in way upstate New York on the Canadian border, and my mother was a chief court clerk of a very large court system up there, so tangential to security. But it was interesting as I was having the conversations with the search committee how much of my upbringing and kind of what I know from growing up in that sort of environment sort of translated to what, uh, what you were all talking about back in the day. Um, very much also to this notion of enterprise security risk management. I came from a health and safety association before this one, and there was a lot of discussion about enterprise-oriented sure. health and safety programs, security, and whatnot um, oftentimes got looped in there. So a lot of the conversation, a lot of the vernacular, very similar. So kind sure. of a nice little yeah. fit for me in a way. Well, and even your time with ASIS, you've seen the security industry change just in the Significantly, last years. Yeah, um, 100%. But what are some changes you've seen, and more importantly, have you seen ASIS adopt to those changes? So I think it's true of all professional societies, not just ASIS. So we're in good company, right, because we can benchmark against what are others experiencing. Um, and COVID taught all of us a lot, right? And Eddie, you know, right. I joke about with our staff team and our board, there are COVID leftovers and COVID hangovers, <laughs> hate a hangover, love a leftover, right? And I think for ASIS, you know, as a continuous learning organization, we've worked really hard before COVID, before 2020, yeah. COVID just amped up what we needed to do. It wasn't like we weren't already on our own little trajectory of, of significant change. But I think this notion of global, mobile, digital, and agile which we've been talking about at ASIS since 2016 in earnest. I think 2020, one of the leftovers of COVID has been, we amp, we were already on that yeah. journey pretty significantly and then it had to accelerate yeah. it, right? There was, yeah. there was just no choice, right? And in some ways, the leftover of that is we're in a much stronger place, I think, technologically, the backbone, which already we strengthened between 2016 and 19. It's a lot of the reason why during COVID, we kind of didn't miss a beat. But I think the other piece that global, mobile, digital, and agile gets at is the value proposition, right? Which is very individual. Every single one of our 34,000 members views this enterprise very differently in terms of value. You both get different value, even though you have very similar people, sure. you're similar uh, professionally, your commitment, and all that stuff, like good volunteers and good practitioners. The, your value prop is even a little bit different from one another. And we yeah, sure. are working more deliberately. I think you'll see us do more deliberately in 23 to talk about the value prop, not talk about our products and services. Those are, that's the business of the, uh, of the organization that we have to have those things in order to be, yeah. to be in business, right? Yeah. And then there's the whole engagement piece. 
I think or associations like ASIS, we've tended to lead with the business piece and not as much with this notion of um, the engagement piece. What's the yeah. real value prop yeah. there? So you'll see some fundamental shifts there. Yeah, and let, let people express you know what they see as value, right, right to be right. a member, what member value means right. to them. I think right. that's uh, that makes sense. So uh, 2016, quick math, it means se- seven years. You know, oh, Lord, coming can you coming believe on. it? I've survived this long. <laughs> can you believe I did that math that quickly? <laughs> yeah. But, um, I was double-checking you in my yeah, head. No, so, I saw uh, you. I said, thanks. I, I live it every day, so I know you're right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Canadian math up north is yeah, different yeah, than it's, down it's, south sometimes. Uh, Peter's grew up not far from the border. Exactly. Right on the border, in fact. You know, I mean... Tell us a bit about you know, the industry. You know, we, we talk about the security industry and how it's different and, and, and so on. So your experience with, you know, how are security professionals different? How do you, you know, not, not that you compare specifics between different associations, yeah. but yeah. what do you appreciate maybe of, of working with security professionals? Well, Eddie, you and I have talked about this a lot because we've worked yeah. so closely together, but I think that's a great question. And really the fundamental answer is the, the primary passion that drives the, the average security professional. And I'm, what I mean by that is that means that some have even more, very few have less, right? It's yeah. this notion of the passion that you all have for this profession that you've chosen or this industry in some cases that you've chosen. It plays itself out and it manifests itself in positive and negative ways, I'd sure. like to point out. Yep. But that passion, I mean, every person we've brought on to the ASIS staff team since 2016, every new person, to a person comments about the the passion of the members in particular the volunteers the roughly 1600 global volunteers we work through and we work with but that passion is something that really is unique and don't get me wrong i've served four other associations several big trades and another really big well a couple of big um, professional societies it's not to say that they haven't had passion. They every association, right. it, associations advance the world. There's lots of volunteers like like you both find gentlemen right everywhere in the world doing a lot of what you do. But there is something unique about the security profession around this passion. It's really unique. If we can harness it for good, yeah. when we harness it for good, it's yeah. a good thing. Yeah. Sometimes it takes its own little turn, and you've got to say, yeah. hold on a minute, you yeah. can't care more than the people that care a lot. Come back over here, yeah. and yeah. let's let's work on these let's things together. It, yeah, right exactly. Yeah. yeah, sure. Yeah. Well, and one of the things, too, that you mentioned before is an excellent point because a lot of people come to the table when it comes to ASIS or other professional associations through their own perspective lens. Mm-hmm. And I've Absolutely. told this story a lot. And uh, yes, I'm going to tell it again. And, and, uh, <laughs> this is, uh, um, if you're counting at home, probably the 12th time I've told it on this podcast. But um, when I first got involved in the industry, and I first heard of ASIS, and we were just talking earlier about the different name iterations, and I assumed that it was made up of strictly what we called back then man guarding companies. I thought that was the Mm -hmm. entire membership, and I went to the first show uh, back then, the annual seminar and exhibits, now Mm -hmm. GSX, and uh, I was almost dumbfounded that there's other people here besides man guarding (laughs) companies, Uh, and back in the day, they were somewhat rudimentary, but cameras, et cetera, and it really opened my eyes. So even now, talking to people about the value of ASIS membership, to me, is the diversity mm-hmm. of the different subject matters you can yeah, take advantage of, yeah. where I may have a particular set of skills and, dare I say, even some expertise, which that's a loaded word, but, <laughs> uh, but I don't have all those different experiences in those silos, but ASIS allows me to leverage that right. that information. Right. I think that's what you're, yeah, you're look, alluding to there. You and I have talked about this before. I think you and Mark, you are very smart about how you leverage 
the accessibility that we give you vis-a-vis a global organization with 34,000 people. I mean, the organization doesn't sleep, right? Every doesn't matter. It's three o'clock in the morning in Montreal. If you've got a problem you're trying to figure out, Mark, you can go to ASIS Connects and post, or you'll phone a friend that you've got in your network, right? Or you'll you'll email or whatnot. But the point is within 20, 30 minutes, you've got a couple of different answers to what you may be facing that you now can pick and choose from. And I think that's the value of any association is the ability to associate. But you're right. Everybody sort of has their own mindset. You know, I tell our team all the time, we have these very um, overt, deliberate conversations all the time about telling our own story. Eddie, you've heard me say it in board meetings. It's important that we tell our story. Tomorrow we have a slide, Eddie, you and I will talk to a particular slide and um, it's uh, it puts GSX in context. And the reason is we've got a bunch of customers in the room and everybody has their own version and their own set of our numbers. Yep. Except we have the actual accurate the numbers. Actual numbers. Yeah, yeah, so we spend a lot, this notion of context, and you know I overuse this term, I'm a context guy, and when we speak to chapters and regions and other things, groups like we're, we're talking to tomorrow, I always want to talk about, these are our numbers. Do not make up numbers for us. Yeah. Enough stuff gets made up. Yeah. Th- these are the facts, right? Yeah. So we spend Draw the a, conclusions, but from right, these. Right, but these are the facts, yeah. right? Don't come to me and say, well, you know, do you realize there are 10,000 potential members in India? No, there's not. Okay, you can perceive it, believe it, but the facts show otherwise, right? Right. So it's that managing of what's real and what's perceived and believed. Nobody's a liar. I was having this conversation the other day about someone said, well, that person's not telling the truth. I said, hold on a minute. That person's (laughs) inaccurate, right? But (laughs) fundamentally, there's a difference between being untruthful and inaccurate. And I really think language matters. I call it the language of leadership. It matters. Be really careful before you say to somebody, you lied. Because I actually don't think they lied. I think they're wrong, (laughs) and our data will prove they're wrong, but you got to be careful with that that kind of language. Yeah, Yeah. it gets you going in the wrong direction, absolutely. And and, I mean, Eddie and I have a lot of similarity, well, a lot of differences too, but we we have certain similarities in and around sort of solutions, right? Mm -hmm. We're looking for solutions, whether it's for customers or whether it's, you know, kind of industry type uh, type things. And it kind of brings me to thinking about GSX, you know, because you brought it up. Um, GSX is not around the corner, but it will be. It will. It's be around the corner for yeah. our staff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's around the corner tomorrow. for somebody. <laughs> yeah. So, so I mean, talk about maybe let's take a step back first, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, 2022 GSX mm-hmm. uh, Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are other events coming up, which mm-hmm. I think we'll, we'll touch on. Mm-hmm. But uh, I mean, what was your take at GSX 2022? Look, I think. People want to be together. It doesn't matter their profession or the industry, trade association, um, U.S.-based, uh, you know, professional society yeah. based somewhere. People want to be together. And, you know, fundamentally, I've been in the, the association business for 29 years. And I'm, I'm fond of saying the annual meeting is dead. Long live the annual meeting. It's not dead. It's different. Every year of my 29 years, I've been told how the Internet's going to put meetings out of, live meetings right. out of business, et cetera, et cetera. will never happen. Because people want to connect. And then people talk about the younger generation. I'm raising three of those those people. They want to connect, they but they want to connect differently. Yeah, and yeah. that's the piece, that's the trick, right, that our team works on every day. Um, we had a great 2022 live event, about 13,000, 13,500, give or take, in Atlanta, um, back to be about 68, almost 70% of our 20,000 um, pre-2020. Right. We expect, um, well, our trade show floor right now is uh, very near to being sold out. Perfect. Now we've got to bring the delegates to, to um, 
Where are we going to? We're going to Dallas. 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 God, how yeah. did I forget this? So sorry. <laughs> well, we're going to Dallas. I don't know where you're going. We're going, going, going to Dallas. Dallas. <laughs> so we're going to see, right? The other really quick thing I'll say is the trend in registrations prior to 2020 was that people were registering later and later. This right. notion of early bird deadline, which drove people's decision for decades, all of a sudden was really not driving anymore. And then you had COVID. Yeah. And now you have people really registering later. ASIS Europe, right? Three, another six weeks, we'll be in Rotterdam. Trade show piece sold out, right? Sponsors also, sponsorships all sold, sold out. out. Now we got to deliver the people, and we will, but we deliver them later. Yeah. So we when behave a little bit differently the behaviors that. are yeah. totally yeah. different, yeah. totally different. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. Absolutely. So uh, Europe's around the corner. Mm -hmm. There are other events. Uh, the uh, the IC West will yeah. come soon enough. Although yeah. they're our competitor. Yeah. Right. We want them. to Somebody asked me this morning. Well, you really must not want ISC West to be successful. I'm like, do no. not put those words in my no. mouth. Exactly. I actually want ISC yeah. West to be successful. I want to be more successful, but <laughs> I want them to be successful because they're a bellwether for how we'll potentially Absolutely. perform yeah, sure. in the in the in the in Q4, Q3, Q4. And if it's a strong show, that means shows are back. So we want them to be successful. Yeah. We've got Rotterdam coming up. Um, we will have in Q4 a lot of our global regional meetings. Uh, APAC, Oceania will meet. Uh, Middle East, uh, North Africa, our MENA meeting is still questionable where we will do that or if we'll do it every other year in MENA, long story. Sub-Saharan Africa will come in July. Uh, it'll be in Abuja in Nigeria. Okay. Um, and then Latem will be in October. They're slated to be in Peru, but for obviously political reasons, uh, unrest reasons, yep. that's questionable right now. But they're they're in the process of figuring that out. So our regions are back meeting live. Uh, APAC had 200 people last year, small, right? But landmass is big, so yep. kind of tough. Yep. But uh, the MENA meeting that was sponsored by Saudi Aramco in the kingdom of Saudi Arabia, they report 5,300 attendees. It was a proper trade show, a huge event, a proper event, if you will. So, yeah, lots of excitement around live events being back and, and all that good stuff. Yeah, yeah. and the first, right, the summer coming in June um, uh, with Sia, the... Uh... Oh, gosh, yes, yeah. in June, uh, June 12th to the 13th. God, thank you for reminding me. The, uh, the joint women in security uh, summit yeah, that we're doing together in Nashville, yeah, uh, limited... Uh, limited to 300 people. Somebody here in this room may have registered as the second person already, so we know he has a seat. I think that was you, Eddie Sorrells. Uh, I, I believe it is, yes. Yeah, so they pulled their reg list like, Eddie Sorrells already registered as yeah. the second one. <laughs> so we appreciate that, Eddie, but we have 298 seats left That's now. Right. So yeah, it'll yeah. be a small but mighty group, and we're looking forward to it. Yeah. Don cool. Erickson and his team have been great partners to yeah. us, I hope, vice versa. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we'll do hopefully do some more of these these types of things yeah. together. Industry in health, right? To me, it yeah. brings the whole industry up. So, yeah. yeah, well, Don Erickson and I talk about this, you know, in the time I, we've worked together. There are places we just agree we're going to compete because there are places where we're flat out competitors. Right. But really, 90% of what we both do, we, sh we, do we overlap, maybe not 90%, but we overlap a lot, like women in security, next gen. Uh, we don't lobby. They've got a great lobbying arm. We're talking to them right now about you know, maybe there's some support we can give one another in that realm. So there's just a lot more places we can cooperate as opposed to and collaborate as opposed to just yeah, say, oh, I can't talk to that organization. Yeah. That's not my mindset and it's not Don. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. yeah, I'm always the uh, target market for some of those advertisements. When it says space is limited, I'm like, oh, space is limited. <laughs> wait, a minute, so. wait a minute. Little FOMO going yeah, on over yeah, there. Yeah, I like, like that. Wow, COVID you know. or not, Eddie's registering early, folks. <laughs> yeah. I want to get the early bird, too. So that was, that's, that's You're coming to Rotterdam, right? You're smart. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Looking forward to that as well. And, and, you know, part of that event, of course, is the continued emphasis on diversity, equity, and inclusion. Right. And, yeah. 
you know, we could do an entire mm -hmm. episode, multiple episodes yeah. on, on those challenges in our industry, but um, of course we're a little bit biased, but we think the work that we're all doing collectively in that area is very worthwhile and meaningful. Yeah. But just in your time here, and not just within ASIS, but other associations, where have you seen that come from and, and how much work is left to do? And it's one of those things we know it's never totally accomplished. Yeah, it's we're a always trying yeah. to figure that out, but talk a little bit about what ASIS is doing in that area. Look, I can't speak to pre-2016 because I wasn't here, right? But in my 29 years in different management positions, I've always fundamentally managed through the principles of DE&I. Wasn't a popular phrase back in right. the day. It was more D&I back then. The E has been, been added and other pluses get added and uh, some people have other letters they include and you know whatever that may be, right? In the case of ASIS since 2016, we rebuilt the organization based fundamentally on the principles of DEI. We weren't using the Both terminology yeah. DEI, yeah. but Eddie, as a as a leader and, and Mark as a leader, right, you would hear us talk about diversity. Yeah. You would hear us use the word, well, we got to be more inclusive of yeah. others, right? Yeah. And I think what you both have seen, and I think what the members have seen in the, 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 the marketplace is this vast shift in all are welcome. The steer the um, the commit the communities that we've developed vis-a-vis -vis the former um, or compared to the former technical committees where people never turned out. You wanted to go on one of those technical committees, what well, you might frankly die waiting to get yeah. on one because yeah. we didn't have term limits. And so yeah. we fundamentally, as you both know, shifted lots of governance and policies and names of things and accessibility, all that stuff, all built on the premise of DEI. As you know, as a board member, Eddie, when we talk about the work that the foundation has done, they've just released a, a sort of a baseline, yeah. if you will, um, a research uh, piece on DEI. Uh, we're forming a new DEI work group. What's important, I think, to the board and to the staff team is that there can't be anything that we do that's a checkbox because DEI principles are fundamentally good sound business management principles. Yeah. There is social equity related to it. I am not diminishing that piece. And when you go there, you get sometimes sort of politics of things and then people get uncomfortable. So as much as we can address the social uh, impact piece, I think we should as an organization, but it's a business imperative and these principles yeah. aren't different for us Absolutely. and we're going to keep building them out three yep. for years to come as long as i'm here and i think as long as i know as long as i have the board support we sure. will continue to use those fundamental principles to build our business well that, that's, that's such a great point too because i actually heard this in a dni session uh recently that we should embrace it really for selfish reasons hundred hundred percent hundred percent yeah you know and i'll be the first to admit you know and, and sometimes guys like us been around a, a long time in this industry, you want to embrace it because oh, it's the right thing to do. Right. And of course, there's value in that, uh, but really, it makes much more business sense. And it makes you a ton of business sense. Uh, the European Conference in Rotterdam. I'm going to give a, a very brief talk, uh, probably not as brief as the audience would, would like. But usually, <laughs> when I talk, but really going back to what does the career pathways look mm -hmm. like in our industry mm -hmm. for? Uh, the next generation coming up. You mentioned, you know, your kids. We all have kids at different stages mm -hmm. of life. And looking at our industry, traditionally, there hasn't been really a pathway to follow. No. How do I 
And that's just that. about a pathway. That doesn't even take yeah. it. You can even put, for a minute, you can almost put D, E, and I just aside for a minute. There just hasn't been a pathway for anybody, yeah, yeah. let alone yeah. <laughs> looking at it yeah. from a DEI, through yeah. a DEI lens. Yeah. There's been no yeah. sense that you can go from point A to point B to point C, which, look, I think when you talk to any professional society, and you talk to people in those societies. You ask me, well, how did you fall into, or how did you discover association management? I didn't. I fell into it yeah, the same way yeah, you yeah. each probably fell into your jobs and your listeners fell into theirs. And everybody wants to believe, well, if uh, every member get a member. Okay, every member doesn't do that. Yeah. Okay, you can believe that's going to happen because you know you recruit actively. Everyone isn't going to do that. But if you can show there's a career progression or a career pathway you are going even if you convert 10 to 15 percent of that audience it's 10 to 15 percent that wouldn't Healthy. potentially have been yeah. converted to, to yep. begin with yeah yeah absolutely a lot of work to be done 100 uh, we're looking journey. forward to what's happening in the future and again we'll see each other and whether it's Europe or Nashville. Or all the above. Or all the above, yeah. And take it from me, get the early bird registration. That, that's it. I, I like uh, that idea very yeah, much. Yes, membership has its privileges. It does. It's privilege. exactly. You've got to make sure that you do that. But we'll actually uh, post a link to some of these events as well Great. so you can Great. check those out. And again, uh, we could talk for days about all the great things that are going on at ASIS Thank in you. the area yeah. of standards and guidelines mm -hmm. and communities, et cetera. But Certainly appreciate your time. Man. Yeah, no, guys are awesome. Thank you. On, so. Always fun when I'm with you. Yeah. Don't don't tell anybody. Yeah. We won't, we'll, uh, <laughs> I don't want to ruin your <laughs> reputation. Yeah, I say. <laughs> <laughs> hey, somebody already beat you to it. Yeah, so yeah, 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 yeah. 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 No, I appreciate it. Thanks a lot. Yeah. Thanks a lot. Thank dude. you.